Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. Today I want to talk about kindness. I want to tell, start with a story. In 1876, there was a man named Howard Kelly. I have a picture of him for you. Um, he was a junior in college, becoming a, a physician. And he decided one of his passions was to go trekking through the mountains. So uh, in the mountains of Pennsylvania, he took off and he started trekking through the mountains. And he just kept going and going and going and just having a great time enjoying nature. And he didn't realize how far away he had gotten until he's like, oh, I'm a little thirsty. And way off in the distance, he saw a farmhouse. So he made his way all the way to this farmhouse and he knocked on the door. And a young girl answered the door, and he said, could I bother you for a glass of water? And she looked at him and thought he looked a little hungry, too, so she went in and got him a big glass of milk. Now, in 1876, that would have been a tremendous gift. She brings it out to him, and he's like, whoa, thank you so much. And he drank that glass of milk down, thanked her, and went off on the rest of his trek and ended up back in medical school, finished medical school, graduated, became a renowned physician. If you look him up, he like helped with the John Hopkins thing and all of that. And anyway, years later, this girl had grown up a little bit and she got sick. And she ended up in the big city at the hospital and they called in a specialist and it happened to be this man. And he comes in and he recognizes her when he sees her. And so he ends up being her physician, and he heals her and has, does surgery. She's totally well, and he says to the accounting office, bring the bill through my office first before you present it in the room to her. When the bill came, he wrote something in the corner of it, and then it was returned to her room, and she's like, oh, opens the bill, going to look at it, and she looks at it, and in the corner, up in the corner, it was written, paid in full with one glass of milk. Like what? See, kindness, it usually has comes back to us. And here she was being kind with just a glass of milk, and she had all her medical expenses paid. And today I want to talk about kindness and how, like, I think that we've sort of lost the art of kindness. At least I had, and that's why God convicted me. And I'm, like, preaching this because i got to shovel it to you, too, as God gives it to me. (laughs) Kindness, if we were to define it, kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. It truly is love in action. That's what kindness is, love in action. And all throughout history, you look through this Bible, a lot of people point to all the, oh, look what God did here. He destroyed these people and destroyed this. But really, from the beginning of time, we see God as a kind God, tremendously kind. If you look in Deuteronomy, when he says, yeah, I'm going to pay for the sins to the third and fourth generation, but what does he say? My kindness will extend to a thousand generations. His kindness way outweighs his discipline in our lives. His kindness is just overload. I mean, think about when the people were all sinning throughout the whole earth, and the flood comes to destroy, and God in his kindness said, how can I destroy them? How can that happen? In his kindness, he saves Noah out of the flood. In his kindness, he saves Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. In his kindness, over and over again, when the people would turn their back on God and want a king and want to do their own thing, God, in his kindness, when they'd say, help us, he'd go, okay, yes. Always, over and over again, we see the kindness of God being poured out on us. Our scripture verse today is in Titus chapter 3, if you'll open with me there. Titus chapter 3 
verse 3. Let's pray before we get into God's word. Father, I just ask that these words would touch my heart once again, but also touch the hearts of each and every person here in this room. And may we truly understand your kindness for us and how we are to be uh, conduits of that kindness to those around us, I pray. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. At one time, you two were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Wow, he saved us by this kindness. Because of his kindness, he poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. Because of his kindness, we are heirs to his promise. Because of his kindness, we have eternal life in him. Wow, God's kindness is never-ending. And it, he, he gave us kindness. Look at the very first scripture, verse 3. When we were foolish, when we were disobedient, when we were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, we lived in malice and envy and hated and hated one another. That's when God said, I'm still going to be kind to you. Wow, God's kindness is amazing. And it makes me think that, you know, the first part I talked about in, in the Old Testament, how, Jesus, how God was kind, and then he, his kindness, he sends Jesus to us. And all through the New Testament and the life of Jesus, we see such kindness. It is overwhelming the kind of kindness he has in here. In Matthew chapter 8, I want to read a story here. In Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds were followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. He said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Wow. Jesus' kindness not only healed the man, but it was something bigger than this. If you notice what he did in verse 3, he reached out his hand and he touched the man. His kindness touched someone who was untouchable. If you think about it, a person who had leprosy, they were required to live outside of the town. They weren't supposed to live in the city with everyone else. They lived in leper colonies outside of the city. And they had to wear special, sometimes, robes with bells on them so you could hear them coming, so you could get far away from them because you weren't supposed to touch a leprous person. And they had to actually yell as they came close to you, leprosy, leprosy, so that you knew, oh, I can get away from them. So they were used to people avoiding them. Avoiding them. And so can you imagine the kind of kindness when Jesus comes up to him? He says, if you're willing, he's probably saying, no, stay away. It's okay. If you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm willing. Come on. And he reaches, he walks up to him and grabs him and touches him to heal him. Kindness of touch that Jesus shows. Ooh, <laughs> I, I read an article about a French psychologist that he, he was sitting in a cafe one day and he's watching the crowd of people just interact in the room. And he gets an idea, and he, for an hour, he decides to count how many times people actually touch each other with, like, a handshake or an embrace or an arm on the shoulder, whatever it would be. 
but some kind of contact where they would touch. And in France, in the cafe, it was 110 times in an hour. Then he thought, this is a worthy experiment. So he traveled to Puerto Rico when he was there. And he sat in a cafe again, and he began to count. 180 touches in Puerto Rico. He thought, hmm. He found himself in England. <laughs> yeah. And he sits in a cafe, and he begins to count. Zero touches. Zero touches in England. Then he was in the United States. Anybody have a guess? In one hour, the United States. Two touches in the United States. We have lost the art, the kindness of touch. Maybe we're afraid of repercussions sometimes, but there are ways that you can show kindness. Actually, in a magazine called Psychology Today, it says that it is able, the touch to someone, is able to communicate joy, love, gratitude, and sympathy. Just that touch communicates all of that. A hug or a high five or a handshake or a hand squeeze can show someone that you love them, that you care about them, that you have sympathy for them. Jesus did this to this man who was outcast. He thought nothing else. He thought, my life is over. I'm going to die with this disease. And Jesus reaches out in kindness and touches him. Jesus also showed kindness to people who were suffering. The next chapter, in chapter 9, verse 18, while Jesus was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. I can say a lot of times, I mean, this man is the ultimate suffering, in my opinion. A, a child has died. It's like, but, can't, but you and I can relate on some scale in the fact that children cause a lot of suffering in our lives. <laughs> right? <laughs> but also, on the other hand, I know on the funny side, but then also that, man, when they suffer, I don't think I suffer for myself, but when my child is suffering, man, I just want to take it from him. Say, let, let me have your suffering. And so can you imagine this father? He's like, my daughter has just died. He's suffering. And Jesus is like, I'm going to come with you. I am. While he's on his way to go with this man, a woman who had been suffering for 12 years from hemorrhaging, hears that Jesus is in the neighborhood and she comes into the crowd, and she's trying to sneak through the crowd, and she reaches up, and she barely, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, and she barely touches his garment, and healing, Jesus recognizes power goes out of him, and he's like, woman, your faith has healed you. He stopped in the midst of helping this suffering person to help another suffering person. I don't, man, that capacity of kindness is overwhelming to me. And he helps the woman, and he heals the woman, and then he goes on with the man, okay? Jesus, uh, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, and he saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him, and after the crowd had been put out, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up, and news of this spread throughout all the region. <laughs> wow. God's kindness to people who are suffering. It's huge. And, and I know he sees your heart. He sees everything in your heart, and he's like, I want to be there with you. His kindness is overwhelming. 
His kindness is also overwhelming to people who have been rejected. Wow, there are people who, in John chapter 8, there's this woman. The teachers of the law came to Jesus, and they brought this woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? And they, they were trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus bent down, started to write in the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote in the ground at this. Those who heard him began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Now go and leave your life of sin. Wow. This amazing kindness that Jesus displays to this woman who was caught in the very act of sinning. And yet God's kindness for you and I even in the midst of our downfalls and our agony and the things that we do that we don't want to do, God's kindness is so evident. He's reaching out with kindness for, to us and for us. That's amazing. Jesus shows such amazing kindness because as Romans 3.23 says, we all have sinned. Every single one of us need this kind of kindness. And Jesus shows this kind of kindness to a woman who's been rejected by everyone else. They wanted to stone her for her sin. Some people like, you know, you sin, they're like, get out of here. I don't want anything to do with it. You're not following. No, Jesus always shows kindness. Think about the man Zacchaeus, a tax, Jewish tax collector. No one wanted to be around him. He was rejected by all the people. And yet he finds himself up in a tree watching Jesus, and Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to go to your house, the rejected person's house. I'm going to go hang out with you. And the people were just like, what? You know, Seriously. He's hanging out with adulterers and thieves. This is the people who should have been rejected. Jesus accepts. I like the scripture in Romans chapter 2, verse 1. It says, you therefore have no excuse, you who passes judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Ouch. Now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt, watch this, for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? How dare I judge someone else? When God's kindness is trying to lead them to repentance. God's kindness is here to love us into the gates of heaven. That's what he wants. And Jesus shows such amazing kindness to people who need to be touched. To people who are suffering. To people who are rejected. And he's saying to us, will you be kind like I am kind. The way God is kind. And you know, I was reading those different stories and... I thought to myself, I'm, I think I'm okay at kindness. I, I think that if you think about those big things, someone is suffering, I'm there. I'm going to be kind. Someone who's rejected, 
I'm going to open the doors and accept you because, right? So we can all probably agree, those, those things, those stories I just told, those feel like big things. But I guess I was really challenged in the last month on my kindest level. I read this article, and so I got to challenge you. Are, you. are you kind? This was an article in the, in the, on the Internet. Are you generously inclined towards those around us, or do we think or speak harshly to or about them? For some of us, watching sports or a talent show like The Voice, I watched that, provides an opportunity for airing harsh opinions on physical appearance, I do that, ineptitude, she can't sing, or a lack of talent. Our verbal slashes are too easily become part of the entertainment itself. How about our daily commute? Am I generously inclined towards other drivers, including the guy who just cut me off and the other guy who's tailgating me? Some of us have to admit that we, too, twist the verbal knife of cruel sarcasm, saying what we don't mean in order to drive home more deeply what we do mean. I think that I'm good at being kind in big situations, but how am I in the privacy of my own home with just my husband? I can tell you that two weeks ago when the Seahawks played, I was not kind to those coaches. I'm just going to admit it. I mean, I was just railing. I was like, I can't believe how stupid they are and how dare they do the same. You know, I was just going off. I was not kind. And when someone is, is like something, I feel like I've been hurt or attacked in a way to their face, I'm going to be kind. Then I go home, and what do I say to Sal? I just can't believe they did that, 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 that. I'm not kind. I'm not kind at home, alone. My words are not kind. I'm making myself out to be a really bad person, but. <laughs> and I guess I was just really challenged. That even when treat, people treat you poorly, and even when things are bad, how is my kindness? Because true kindness is supernatural. It comes from the Lord. I can't make it happen. In my flesh, I just always want, if, if I'm at home alone, I'm going to probably say things that aren't very kind. But true kindness is supernatural. It comes from the Lord. And those are the, those are the kind of kindness that we need to have. In verse 5 and 6 of our text, it said this, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He saves us by the Holy It's by the Holy Spirit that we can be kind at all times. I can't work it up in myself. I have to look to the Holy Spirit and say, oh, there's my kindness. If we think about the fruit of the Spirit, and I should have a scripture for this, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, it says it's love. He's going to catch up with me here in a second. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In the middle of this list, smack in the middle, is kindness. Kindness is going to hold it all together. And this is a fruit of the Spirit. It comes as I am walking in the Spirit. Aaron gave a great message to the youth a few weeks back about walking in the Spirit. And when I choose to follow the Holy Spirit and live the way he would want me to live, kindness should be just a fruit that comes out. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. So Christ is our example of how to be kind and compassionate. 
follow God's example, it says. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Choose kindness. Follow the example of God and live the way he would want us to live, expecting nothing in return. Remember when we were foolish? <laughs> when we were sinners? When we were evil? When we were haters, of e- haters and hater of other people? That's when God was kind to us. So when someone is hating me, disliking me, not wanting to hang out with me, whatever it would be, am I kind to them? How is my kindness level? How am I doing at kindness? A recent study uh, that I read reported that they did this, this little survey with people. They, they got a bunch of people together, and they said for one week, seven days, every day we want you to do something kind for someone. We want you, either someone you know, someone that's an acquaintance, maybe a stranger, so do something kind to someone, or actively observe someone else being kind to someone, someone doing a kind act. And so they, so they did that seven days in a row, and they did a kind act for someone, or they watched someone do a kind act. And at the end, they brought them all in, and it was like they were all happy. They said their happiness, they, they, the happiness level in the people was like astronomically different. It was, they were all happy because they had all been doing kind things. And their happiness level increased. Can I tell you that we, when we are kind people, we will benefit and those around us benefit because we watch you being kind and we go, oh, wasn't that sweet? That's why we all like Hallmark movies because they're all so sweet. Oh, and, that's sweet, right? Because everybody's happily ever after. The Seahawks always win, right? So when we see kindness, we're just like, everything is, it's happy. And, our hap- and that's what God wants for us. That's why God just continuously pours out kindness on us because he wants us to be full of happiness and joy. And it will bring it about in our lives. Kindness is no small thing, but it will yield amazing fruit in our lives. When we choose to be kind. In Proverbs chapter 21, the worship team can come on up. We're going to close with that new song, Shepherd, again, I think. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21, it says, Whoever pursues, catch that word, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness finds life, prosperity, and honor. Wow. But it's something we have to pursue. You have to say, I'm going to choose to walk in kindness today. I'm going to choose to love the rejected and the outcast and those who are suffering and my husband, my spouse, those close to me. I'm going to be kind to people. And it's something that I want to pursue. I want to chase after it because it says, then you will find life, prosperity, and honor. And it benefits me and all of you when you see kind acts. Amen? So I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge us. I have the kindness challenge for you. The one that, I, that they handed to the group of people. And it's on a yellow piece of paper, Corey. And we'll pass that out. This kindness challenge, I've listed all the lists they gave of the kindness challenge. And then I added the three at the bottom that were the, what Jesus did for kindness. And I want us to look at this kindness list 
And I want you to do this challenge with me. Because I can tell you I did it for a week. And I was like, I seriously was happier. I'm like, who cares what other people are acting like? I'm kind. And if I'm kind, I felt better and I felt happier. And isn't that what God wants of us anyway? When I stand before God someday, he's not going to say, well, you deserve to be mean to that person because they did that and that and that to you. So I'm going to give you a pass on your gripiness that day. No, he's going to say, how were you at the fruit of this? Were you kind at all? I'm responsible for how I act, not how others act. And so I want you to seriously take this kindness challenge. And every day choose something on the list or something else if you want to do something else. But every day actively choose to do a kind act. And you will find next week when you come back here, this room is going to be full of happy people. We're just going to have a happy time. Amen. Let's stand and sing this song together. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.